0: What's going on everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, B.J. Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What's going on, everybody? Appreciate you joining me. Just wanted to jump on here real quick. I'm super excited about you listening to the podcast. This latest episode, turns out it was the longest episode that I've recorded. It was with John Klinsman, the head of grounds at Innsworth here in Nashville. And it was a really good podcast. We had a great conversation. Um, just didn't know where to, to stop the thing. It was so good. And we talked a lot about some personal stuff, some some personal development. And it was, I think you're going to get a lot out of it. I know I did. So I, I, I think that you're going to enjoy hearing his story, hearing some of the things he's dealt with throughout his life. We certainly didn't cover everything that we could possibly cover, but we covered a lot. And um, it's important to know that as grass growers, we – we do a great job. We're, we're all really good at what we do. But it, what separates us is how we educate, communicate, motivate, and deliver our message to our employees, to the people that work for us, our bosses, our committee members, or whoever else we're trying to um, provide a service to. Or And, and, and it just makes us— uh, a special group of people a special industry and i really enjoy it so this is a great episode it's a long episode and i know you're going to enjoy hearing john's story and it was fantastic to sit down with him and talk about several things that are going on with him and how he battled through and got to where he is now at the um at Innsworth. so uh, thanks for joining appreciate you listening and enjoy the episode What's going on everybody? Welcome into the podcast. Appreciate you joining me and uh, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing, rating, subscribing. I appreciate it. Everybody that's done that, it's been uh, great. I appreciate all the feedback, so thank you. And uh, in the world of green industry podcast, I know I spend a lot of time on golf and and talk a lot about golf, but today we're going to switch gears and we're going to talk a little sports turf. And today sitting with me is Mr. John Klintzman from the Head Grounds Guy <laughs> I screwed it up. See, I told you I would. The Head Grounds. What I, what are head of Grounds. Head of Grounds. Yep. God, I should start over, but we're not going to because this is authentic. I think
1: it makes it more authentic. Head of
0: Grounds at Ensworth School. Man, I apologize for screwing that up. I told you I would before I would. You did. John, appreciate you joining me, man. I'm
1: just appreciative that you got my last name correct. So Klinsman. Yeah, absolutely. I got it. <laughs> well, thanks. man,
0: thanks for inviting me out. Thanks for doing this, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I am, too.
1: I think it's going to be good. Yep. I'm, I'm, what, your second sports turf guy
0: uh, Darren Seabold up at UT, um, had a great time talking to him, but yeah, outside awesome. I don't, I'm, I'm racking my brain and I'm terrible with all the ones I've done, but I can't
1: think of any, others. um,
0: but yeah, I, you know, it's an area that, uh, is untapped. I, I, I tout this as a green industry podcast. I, I want it to be more about than just golf. Obviously golf gave me an end to do what I do and to get started, but, uh, I'm I'm really interested in the sports turf area and promoting you guys and different um you know what you what you go through and talking to you guys about you know the things that are are happening in sports turf. That's
1: awesome. I appreciate the opportunity. Well good.
0: Go. Well, um we're gonna talk about some fun stuff and and uh, I enjoyed our um pre recording. So <laughs> I hope we can carry some of that over.
1: <laughs> I hope we didn't screw it up, huh? yeah. Get it all out I, before I, we, we started we recording. No,
0: I, I I think we we've got a lot going. So but um but I like to I like to start by just because, uh, you know, this is my first time to kind of engage with you and sit down with you and and uh, let's get the monkey out of the, the, the off the back. I wasn't going to tell you I was going to do this, but, you know, I was interested in this job. Absolutely. Yep. So. So. Uh, so. I can tell you this face-to-face on the podcast, no worries, man. I'm not going to I, – everything's good. You're doing a great job. I hear nothing but great things, and, and uh, congratulations on getting it, and it was, uh, it was awesome.
1: I appreciate and, it. You know, it was, um, like I told you before yeah. we started, it was awkward <laughs> having you here yeah. to do this. But I think for both of us, it's a, a great opportunity. Yep. I get to get some of my story out. Yep. You get to come in here. Everybody hears us over the podcast sure. that we're good. Yeah. So, um, Man, I'm I'm excited about having this position. Yeah, um, I want to do the absolute best I can. Yeah, um, to prove everybody that didn't think I could do it yeah. wrong. Yeah, and to prove myself right.
0: Yeah. Well, I think it's a um, it's a real good lesson in, in how things go in life, and you know we don't always get the things we want. Sometimes I, I have a great story. We'll share that down the road as far as maybe this podcast. But you know me me being interested in this job. You ultimately getting it, you know. We that we come across that a lot in, in our industry, and it's a it's a great. I think for me, it's it's how you handle things in, in adversity as opposed to being upset or you know you know you obviously want things in life, and you want to you, you And this is obviously a great job, and it would been it would have been great, but it just wasn't meant to be. And you just and you just keep plugging along and realizing that things are you know, destined to be and that there's a better plan for you. And so that's the real role I've always taken in everything. It's the role I took in this when I didn't get it. And, and I was appreciative of the opportunity, and, and they got a good one in you, man. And, and uh, you all are
1: doing good things, and just keep it up. I appreciate it. You know, you talking about that, the, the day before I was offered the job, it was offered to someone else. Mm-hmm. And I was told that. Yeah. And um, I could have gone a different route. Yeah. I could have let everybody know how mad I was. And, and I was, you know, I was I was highly disappointed. Yeah. I had been doing it as an interim, I'd been working my tail off, and um, I was very upset. Yeah. But I went home. I typed up a very nice email, thanking um, certain people for the opportunity to try and prove myself as the interim. Sure. Letting them know I would do whatever I could to support the next guy, um, and um, just showing my appreciation for that time. Yeah. Uh, next thing. Next thing I knew the next day I was, um, they came to me and offered me the job and, you know, that was the lowest of lows for a minute. Right. Then the highest of highs and yep. then you don't really get to celebrate that high because that was August 1st. Yeah. A couple of days after August 1st. Yeah. Football starts two weeks later. Yeah. We had to be getting ready. Right. There was no time to relax. It was immediately into the grind season and, um, you know, I sit back and think about those things a lot. Like I think I sit there, I sit back and think about the days that I feel like made me,
0: yeah.
1: which are the days that led up to this. It's the days before any of this ever started, Yeah. and the things I went through, and then the things um, that I've achieved. You know,
0: yeah.
1: um, being three hundred and sixty pounds sitting on the couch eat, eating Twinkies every day to to where I am today. Yeah. It's, a, it's a long journey.
0: Wow. Well, how did that change your perspective? Ultimately, being told you didn't get it to then getting it, and then how did it? I mean, I know you didn't have a, a whole lot of a chance to dwell on it because you were probably excited about. It, but how did it change your persp- perspective and going
1: forward? Well, being completely honest, and I haven't actually said this to anybody except for maybe my wife. Yeah, it put a chip on my shoulder because now I know I'm your number two, and I might have been their number three at that yeah. point but they had told me they offered it to someone else. So I think it kind of messed them up there a little bit. Um, I might've been their number five. I don't know. I know I'm in the position now, but it put a chip on my shoulder and it told me I had something to prove to somebody. Sure. So when I go out there every day with my crew and it's never me, you know, I might make the decisions on that field, Mm -hmm. but it's my guys putting in the work more times than not. And, um, that chip on my shoulder has just helped me give them the best product I can give them day in and day out. And I told you earlier, we fail daily. Sure. But I think we fail in life daily. Yep. So if I'm giving them everything I've got and I'm proving the doubters Uh and there were plenty of them, if I'm proving them wrong, then I'm, I'm doing what I need to do. Yeah. You know, it's the moment that I start proving those guys right that I need to start worrying.
0: Yeah. Well, that's a, certainly a great, you know, intro. I love, I love all that. I, I love, I love to dive deeper into that. But, but your story is one that I want to be told. And, and the the purpose of this podcast is, in in one, is to highlight guys like yourself in our industry. And so let's let's uh, let's do that. Let's start at the beginning. Kind of tell me your journey, uh, how you got started in in the you know the green industry, the turf business, and right. how you ultimately ended up here.
1: Well, it's a long story, so um, hopefully okay. we can get it out in an Absolutely. hour. Um, I'm I'm 38 years old. Mm-hmm. I have a 20 year old next March, so I had a kid early. Yeah. Um, basically, at that time, it was finish high school and go to work. Yep. You know, and I had to find a job that I could I could make some money at. Right. You know, and at that time, 13, 14 dollars an hour was really good money. So I got a job and um, just started working every day. You know, I I hated. I didn't enjoy work. I wasn't the best employee. <laughs> um, didn't go in every day. Yeah. But I had sick time. That's what sick time was for. Um, you know, I went through about thirteen years of that. Had three kids during that span. Um, was miserable. Yeah. At life, and I'm 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 cutting out a lot of stuff. That's all right. Just to shorten this you up don't a little have bit. But uh, I was miserable at life, and uh, divorce was on the on the on the horizon. Um, at that time when divorce came around, I was about 360 pounds. I wasn't working anywhere. I was sitting at home being a stay at home dad. I know the people on on the podcast can't see me put the air quotes up. That's what I was being. Um, and, uh, ex-wife now came home and said she was done, which I completely understand where I was, wasn't where we needed to be as human beings. So, um, me and my boys moved in with my mom and dad, and I began um, a transformation of who I was back to who I really am. Right, and um, lost a lot of weight. I lost about 180 pounds in less than a year, um, and started raising my boys the right way, yeah. better, showing them some work ethic. But during that time, I'm looking at, I'm looking at what I want to do, and I still can't figure it out. I'm doing some landscaping on the side at that time, and. Because I'm living with my parents, you know, certain things are taken care of. We got a roof over our head, and I just need some spending money right. to, to take care of the boys. So um, fast forward a couple, year and a half or so, and I find my, my current wife and I reconnect. We had dated when we were 16 years old. Um, we had gone our separate ways, like I told you. I, my ex-wife was pregnant when I was 17, so um, there wasn't a whole lot of teen years there sure. for, for me. And um, we reconnected, and um, when we reconnected, I uh, I told her sister that I was gonna make her fall in love with me, and um, her sister thought I was wrong. At that time, my current wife was um, her name's Carrie. So if I reference Carrie, you know yep. who I'm talking about. Yep. She was battling breast cancer, and she wasn't interested in um in love. You know, love had was long gone at that time. So I just kept being persistent, man. Yeah. You know, it's just like sure. trying to get a job <laughs> in the Green industry. You got to be persistent. Yep. And um, I asked her out. I swear to you, BJ, right here, um, as sure as we're sitting here, I asked her out a hundred times, and a hundred times she told me no. Yeah. And so I somehow ended up coaching her her nephew in a baseball team on on a baseball team, um, in a rec league. And um, she came to the first practice, and the rest is history. She fell in love. Yeah. Um, we, um, she told me as we, be you know, got more and more serious and had gotten married, she said that she didn't want me just working. She wanted me to enjoy what I do. She yeah. didn't care how much money I made. She didn't care what I was doing as long as I loved it. Yeah. Um, and about that time there was a job come open at the Smyrna golf course and I was able to get in there, get in the door. Um. I became a full-time employee at the Smyrna Golf Course working for Monica. Um, And I discovered that I absolutely loved it. Like, Mm -hmm. I loved being up at the butt crack of dawn. I loved cutting cups. But I think what I enjoyed more than anything was the constant learning. Man, for a kid who, you know, had never enjoyed going to work, I didn't miss a day. I was there a year and a half. I didn't miss a day. Yeah. Didn't call in one time. I didn't like using vacation. I liked being at work because something changed every day. Yeah. And I wanted to see what it was, you know. And I, every time we did something, it didn't matter if Monica was, if we were top dressing, it didn't matter if we were verticutting, it didn't matter if we were spraying. I wanted to know why we were doing this. Like, what is this? So, um, we had a pretty rough summer, one summer, summer. And um Monica was out she had gotten sick and um, I was being leaned on a little bit to lead the crew Now I wasn't ready to lead a golf course. I never thought I was ready to lead a golf golf course. Um, there no way yeah but I was looking for more so I had gone to the um, to how I don't mind saying his name. I'd gone to Hal Laughlin,
0: yeah, and I I, ha-
1: I had told him that I was interested in like a assistant role, you know. And at that time, I was even I had started doing research, and I was like, you know, an, an assistant in training would be awesome. Is yeah. what I would kind of like to be, but I, I need more money, you know. Ten dollars, I think it was ten dollars and thirty cents an hour at the time. Yeah, it's really hard to put shoes on your kid's feet when they need shoes. So I um, that was in. September-ish, yeah. the summer was coming to an end, and he said, okay. He said, we'll make it happen. Just get us through the rest of this. So um, Monica came back, and I'd actually had lunch with her, and she um, she told me she was coming back for me. She said, the only reason I'm coming back is to teach you everything I can because you love it. Yep. I said, deal. So she came back. I again went to how this would be closer to December, yeah. maybe January. And I, how's the general manager? Just yes, so everybody knows. Yeah, yeah. I had said, "How um, you said back a couple months ago that we could look at this." And long story short, he said no. He said uh, we're going to have to go a different route. Well, once again, that yeah, real frustrated John come out. Sure. Like, but, but you told me this was a possibility, and he said it's just not anymore. You don't have the education you need. I said, will, will the golf course pay for that education?" We can't pay for the education unless you pay it up front past the class. Well, I didn't have that kind of money. I wasn't sure. making that kind of money to have that kind of money. So, Innsworth was hiring, and um, I, you know, I answered that that application and um, was real excited to start my journey in sports turf. Yeah, after a golf course.
0: So here you are. Yeah. And and when was when was that that you came to Innsworth?
1: about four years ago okay. I guess um, I think leap year it was a leap year yeah because it was the last day of the of the month of February yeah but it was the extra day so what the 29th right um, four years ago and um worked my first year you know and you just now you just started here on the crew right yeah, I was yeah. I was the assistant over at our other campus. So right now, as we record this, we're sitting at the high school campus. Yep. Um, I was the assistant over at the lower school campus, and yep. we had a, we had a game field, and we had a, a, a softball field, and I also you know would take care of what I needed to take care of on the grounds, and I worked in maintenance a little bit whenever they needed because they were short people. Yeah, um, that first year came to an end. You know, we went through the spring season we went through the fall season we did all the football stuff for my first time and I was blown away right like I was loving life this is I love the golf course this wasn't exactly like the golf course but in a lot of ways it was cooler yeah so I um I went to my my current my boss at the time and um we were doing a, a like our yearly reviews employee evaluations you know and I got all all sorts of glowing you know just ideal employee Yep. And, um, which had changed from five, 10 years previous when I never showed up for work. Right. I, once again, I didn't take my vacation days when I needed to, I didn't use sick time. I was here. Yeah. I wanted to be here. And, um, I asked him, I said, um, I said, I really would like to get some sort of education, you know? And I was wondering if Ensworth would take care of that. And he said, absolutely. So we did the, um, I did the certificate program through the university of Georgia. Uh, um, it's, a they sent me the book it's actually sitting here behind us but um, so basically you study on your own you know you don't have a professor teaching you the things uh-huh. you know you don't have a study buddy right you know it's you. it's you you you're responsible for finishing that entire book and it's if you look behind us, it's the big binder up against the wall you see it's yeah several hundred pages. okay you're responsible for getting that knowledge and then you're responsible for scheduling your test and going and taking your test. So
0: is it all done online?
1: Uh, the testing, yes. Yeah. So they give you the book, and you do all your study stuff, and then you go to a, a like a local university or whatever. I went to Nashville State. Gotcha. And I did the proctored exam. So there's two of them. Yeah. And uh, you got to be done within a year. I think within six months, I was done. I failed my first exam. My wife, what we haven't gotten to yet is how sick my wife has stayed during this entire yeah. this entire journey, which has also been well, a Well, there's a couple a of things battle. I want to come back to, so we'll do that. <laughs> which has not... also been a battle yeah. in its own. But um, finish that up, you know, got that done. I've done a couple other certificate programs. I just finished one through the University of Virginia Tech. But finish that up, and I'm the assistant still. Um, things are going good, yeah. you know, at Innsworth. I think as most sports turf managers do, we're constantly looking to better ourselves. We're constantly looking to see what else is available. The grass is probably always greener. I had I had screwed up a couple times um, with my, my boss at the time. Um, I really love baseball. That's that's my sport of choice, um, and I wanted to be in baseball. And um, I made the mistake a couple times of telling him that. Like, I wanted to use this as a stepping stone to get to baseball. And I think...
0: What's it, wrong with that?
1: Well, I think it created some um, feelings like I wasn't going to be a lawyer or I was going to leave them. Sure. You know, and I, I think it created some division. And to this day, we still have some division for a while. And if he ever listens to this, I I, I don't know what I did wrong yeah. to create that. But I did make those comments from time to time. Um, and I thought I wanted to be in baseball. So during that time, I got a job with with Thomas Trotter. Um, over at the Nashville Sounds, um, which if you don't know, if you're listening outside of Nashville, it's a A team. For yep. now, the Texas Rangers. Um, and you know what I learned being at the Sounds was, I don't want to be in minor league baseball. Like, I learned that that grass isn't that green. You know, it's every day. Yeah, Every day, you know, you're talking hours and hours a week. You have no time for your family. Um, missed out on a lot of my son's baseball during that stretch. And that hurts, you know, like yeah. I hate that I missed anything. I don't, I don't like to be a dad that misses, man. Right. So work there from March to leading into, let's just lead into June when my, my former boss announced he was leaving, huh. you know, and I was like, well, I, I, he announced it to the, all of the crew at the time. And, um, I called them all up individually or really just the other two said do you mind if i apply for this job they both said no we'd like to work for you you know we, we enjoy working with you we'd love to work for you so um the grind started in june of what was that 18 yeah yeah i guess june of 18 the grind started so i became the interim here at Innsworth, Um and i was still working the sounds i stayed loyal to thomas until um until i got the position right and then I had to I had to cut out my game day.
0: Well, that's awesome.
1: It it was a journey. Yeah. I mean, that journey to to that point was it was one that there was a lot of highs and lows in yeah. it, You know, and we skipped over that was skipping over a ton of it because, like I said, it could feel <laughs> it could feel all day. But um, just learning, like you said in the intro, yeah, you know. Being told no, it's not always the worst thing in the world. No, you know, it's not. I'm glad I'm no longer at Smyrna Golf Course. Yeah, and um, leaving the the STMA conference last year, um, a, a lot was talked about um, about thankfulness. There, there was a a few talks about being thankful to those, or it might have been the banquet where I heard a lot of it, but it just got in my head. Yeah. Things get in my head sometimes, and I yeah. I write things down, and I actually wrote how an email, and I thanked him for telling me no. Yeah, Because had he not told me no, had he given me this assistance position, I don't know that I ever do my certificate course at the University of Georgia. Yeah, I don't know that I ever push myself to, to be better at, at my craft. You know, I, I don't go work for the sounds to get better at the baseball stuff. I don't go work for the Titans to get better at the painting stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't end up here. Yeah. Had he not told me no, I don't end up here. And, and for a man with a family in the sports stuff world, this is a great gig. Yeah. You know, I've got beautiful fields. I've got the equipment I need to maintain them. I've got the people around me that support me. You know, I've got support from the top to the bottom here. Yeah. You know, they believe in what we do and it it's, it doesn't come free. I give them the proof every week. Sure. The crew and I give them the proof every week. Yep. That they should believe in me. Yeah. So, had Hal not told me no, I don't get that fight in me to get better. Mm-hmm. I don't come to work for Innsworth, ask my boss at the time can i go to school can Endsworth cover that that doesn't happen the grind from june to august of 18 doesn't happen yeah the chip on my shoulder that i still carry today i promise you i carry that dude around every day because it's what makes me try to give them the best product next week
0: oh for sure i you know i was i didn't want to interrupt you but it, you know i i think it's I think it's imperative that we learn from our failures and things that don't go our way. And and it's how we respond to them. And you could have reacted a, a lot of different ways, but you're right. I mean, for whatever reason at the time, you don't know why a certain situation happens the way it does, but you know, it, it works out. It tends to work out. I mean, and I've, I've had my fair share. I don't share a lot of my story because I, I tend to like talking with guys and getting to know them and, but along the way I've shared little bits of pieces and, 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 you know, I, like I shared with you before, I interviewed four or five different golf courses before I got Brentwood. And, and, but one of the, one of the things that happened to me along the way was I love the golf club of Tennessee and it was, I felt like it was the place I was going to be forever. That's where I started and that job came open and, and I won't go into all of it, but the short story is, is that I, I didn't get it. And I, but I worked for, and I worked for the guy that ultimately got it. He's still there today and we're like best friends. And and how I handled that situation and how I worked through it, it it constantly reminds me of the persistence pays off and, and ultimately the professionalism and and the and the way I dealt with it. I know left an impression on him, but it also told me inside that hey, there's something bigger and better, you know, for me. And and it turned out that way. And so you know, you just don't know at the time. And I was crushed. You know, I I, I didn't like it. I, I But, you know, I looked them in the face when they told me I didn't get it. And I said, congratulations on your hire. Let's go to work. Yeah. You know, they weren't getting rid of me. I mean, I had to go back to work, you Good know. job to do. Stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, and I think it's important that we learn those, those uh, you know, because not everybody responds that way. The, the, the fight or flight mentality is, well, I'm just going to leave. You, you're not going to get the best out of me.
1: I'm not going to say – that I wanted to stick around if I wouldn't have gotten this job. Yeah. I'm not going to say, let's just say you got the job. No offense to you. I'm not 100% positive I would have stuck around. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I had it in me. I know I would have tried to. Yeah. But I think I would I would have talked looking, you into it. <laughs> I, think <laughs> <promise> I, you. <laughs> I think I think I would have been looking to move on. Yeah. Just because at that point I would have felt like my my chances at promotion here down the road are very slim. No. You know what I'm saying? If they pass on you once, they might pass on you again. I don't I can't say what yeah, I would have hard. done. I do know this is a great place for me to be yep. with my family. My in-laws live in Kingston Springs, my my parents live in Smyrna. I've got kids. It's hard to move. Yeah. You know, so I I can't I can't tell you if I would have been here or not. Yep. I can tell you that I love where I am yep. and I'm glad I'm here. But I don't know how I would have reacted had one of the other four candidates, no matter who it would have been, right. would have gotten the job. Yeah. Um, I feel like all of that, everything that happened, especially here, but all of that that has happened since starting in the green industry, yeah. has made me exactly who I am. It's made me, I've seen the kind of boss I want to be. I've seen the kind of boss I don't want to be. I've seen um, the things I want to do. I've seen the things that just don't make sense that I want to try not to do. Yeah. You know, I've, I've seen the worst in myself. You know, um, even when you don't handle it great, you know, and I'm not going to say I handled that entire situation amazingly well. Yeah. But I know where you I You wouldn't be up. human if you did. Right. I yeah. know where I messed up, and I know where I can get better next time. Right. And I know um, just who I am from that. Right. Like, it, it taught me a lot about myself during that time. I was reading a book during that time. Um, Bobby Bones wrote a book. Um, he's a air personality in Nashville, but he's all over. He's sure. syndicated all over the country. But he wrote a book, "Fell Until You Don't. And I, I read that book twice during that, June, July, and August. Mm-hmm. And so much of that was what I was trying to emulate. I was trying to just get out here, work really hard, and not give them – the opportunity to tell me no, yeah, you know, and um, and they still did, but then, yeah, it ended Worked up working out.
0: out yeah. So, would you consider this your quote unquote dream
1: job? I don't know. Yeah. I, I do. What I do know is that I could see myself retiring from here, and that's not something that a lot of people in our industry say. Sure. Our industry is full of movers, yep. you know, because there's always that next job I always thought I wanted to be in baseball I know I really don't anymore and when I need that fix I've got the baseball stadium right you outside. it right here um for a little while I thought I wanted to be in football I'm in football every Friday night yeah you know I've got I've got every sport you could think of and I've got Innsworth as a family if you've ever been around here it's it's a very tight-knit group of people, and it's people that if you make them mad, they're going to let you know. If I make my athletic director, Ricky Bowers, mad, I'm going to be the first to know. He's not going to go behind my back and tell Yeah. Tell somebody else. He's going to come to me, and he's going to let me know. Mm-hmm. But when they're happy with you, they let you know that, That's too. Good. That's and, good. Um, and I don't think you can ask for more. Would I have considered this my dream job two years ago? Probably not. Hmm. Would I consider this my dream job today with my current situation, how my family is, and how this place treats my entire family? Yeah. Yeah, I think I would.
0: Well, I think it's easy to – I mean, I think you politically answered that question. I didn't mean to, (laughs) you know, suggest that you would go somewhere else or there's something you're looking for. But I think – you seem very content with this being a great place to be. I want to get in. I mean, we really have been talking about life, and it's been great. I love that. Right. I mean, but I, I want to get into all the things you got and the challenges you got going on here at Ensworth. I want to explain to people what I mean. What actually Ensworth is. This is it's a beautiful place, and um, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's fantastic. But I, I do want to before we kind of leave all of that, you know the life and sort of, there's one thing that you said that we didn't, you know, that if I'm meeting you for the first time, I would want to know this story. So take me back to, um, when you were 300 plus pounds, sure. what change, what, what sort of flip for you to say, I got to do something different. What was the thing that was there one thing? Was it a, you know, the divorce, was it a, was it a combination of things that just said, I got to, I got to get off my ass and go do something.
1: I don't think the divorce had anything to do with it. Yeah. And, I say that, and I don't mean any disrespect to my ex-wife. She wasn't happy. I wasn't happy. Yeah. So I think you take that out of the equation. Sure. Um, You know, we were two kids when we got married. Yeah. When I started dating her, I was late side of 16. Mm -hmm. We had kids at 17. I mean, come on. You don't, you're just, you're babies at that point, right? right? So um, my dad came to me. Towards the start of the divorce, and he could see the stress on me. I was getting nosebleeds a lot. I mean, you're yeah. 360 pounds; your blood pressure's high. Because let, let me stop you. What do you weigh now? I'm 195. Yeah, man, you look sharp. I
0: mean, I mean, I, nobody would tell you you couldn't. That's when I was like,
1: "What? You I gotta got, hear this story." I got down to 180, yeah. and and I really liked where I was. But you know, as we get comfortable yeah. fighting weight, you saw my food. The school yeah. feeds me. That's, I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. so gotta watch we, it. We pack some weight back on, yeah. but you know. A lot of that weight was just unhappiness. Because yeah. when you're unhappy, you eat unhealthily. You know, you just whatever. Right. You're you're, you're just not in a Battle good place. It my whole life. So my wife, um, I'm sorry. My dad came to me. He um, he said, uh, John, I, I'm thinking about starting to work out. You know, he said I'm getting a little flabby.
0: Yep.
1: Um, he's like, I'd really like to start working out, but I need somebody to hold me accountable. He's like, Would you go with me? 360 pounds. That's <laughs> yeah, not the last. I, one. I'm not interested yeah. in the gym, Dad. But I was like, yeah, I'll go with you. You know. So I, I, got to the gym and, um, I would walk on the treadmill real lightly, like I had on baggy sweatpants, a baggy sweatshirt. I was like, I don't want to be here. Yeah. Forget all you guys. Like all these fit people, y'all ain't <laughs> know nothing about needing to work out. So that went on for a little while, right. a very short period. But you know, it sparked something in me. And as I left my ex-wife, as we left, and I knew it was me and the boys, I said, um, I need to be here for them. And at this this rate, I might not be there for them. Now, I still might not be there for them. You never know what tomorrow brings. But I can control this weight. I can get this off of me. So one of the guys at the gym came up to me one day, and he said, what's your goals? I said, well, my goal is to lose weight, I guess. Yeah. He said, then let's start doing it. And what he meant was, let's start working. Yeah. So, man, three days a week uh, for nine months, I was in the gym. I ended up benching my then weight. So, I was, if I was 300 pounds, I was benching 300 pounds, you know, and uh, just going hard, sweating constantly, drinking gallons upon gallons of water. Yeah. And uh, just eating right, you know, not eating a box. I mean, at 360. There were times I put down a box of Swiss cake rolls in a day, like Ooh. that is no joke, man. Yeah. And then you know you got to wash that down, and you're not gonna wash Swiss cake rolls down with water, right? <laughs> so it's it's Coke, it's whatever's yeah. bad for you. So yeah. just eating right, doing the right things. My 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 kids seeing the transformation in their dad, which at the time my now what will be 20 year old in March was he was 12 and he was 220 pounds. Yeah and once life had changed a little bit he came to me was like dad I want to lose weight I'm like well, let's do it kid I would never would have pushed that on him yeah. I never would have said you need That's to tough. lose weight yeah. but when he came to me and said I want to lose weight yep. let's go let's go and ended up getting him down I think he got down to about 170 real I mean he's a real tall kid he's slim and he's kept it off because yep. he doesn't want to be back there. He doesn't want to be back to sweatpants every day. Yeah, When you're 360 pounds, you don't wear blue jeans. You just can't. They're not. Right. They don't right. make them that big, I don't think. But, you know, he likes life now as far as sure. clothing goes. So it's turned into a good thing for him.
0: Well, you know, that's important that and you show. I mean, a lot of times our kids are, you know, they watch us. That That's their own example. And... I know I, I failed my kids miserably many times. And one of the things that I, it's been a constant battle for me was my, my uh, you know, my up and down weight, but I, I, constantly tried to, you know, continue to keep doing something and, you know, and I'm in the midst of working out and trying to get better and do things and, and I want to see them, I want to encourage them, you know, I'm, I'm from a divorced situation too. Um, you know, we got married early and, and um, you know, it didn't work out married, I was married for almost seven, 16, 17 years. And, you know, it just, it just happens, but you know, I I continue to stay in their lives and and push them to be better. And, and I think, I think you have to be an example and, and throughout all you do. And I, and if you're like me, I mean, I, I've, I've failed them many times, but I always try to say, we got to learn from this and grow and just do better. So. There's nothing
1: wrong with failing. If you learn from it and try to do better, Yeah, you know, and I think, I think that's a misconception yeah. is that I failed, so I'm, I'm done. Yeah. If you fail and you're done, that's where the problem comes yeah. in. It's when you fail, you pick yourself up, you realize it, you brush yourself off, yep. and you go try again. You know, um, not to get off on more personal life stuff, my dad is, my dad is an alcoholic. My dad is um, today, well, January of this coming year, will be 30 years sober. It didn't that's come awesome. it didn't come easy yeah. you know what I'm saying but he picked himself up yep. brushed himself off and kept sh- kept trucking along you yep. know and I think while I've never said this to anyone I think that's a big part of who I am yeah. you know um I did learn during the grind of getting this job that work isn't a form of um, addiction for yeah. me you know my dad was an alcoholic I'm not an alcoholic but if I could work, during that stretch, if I could work 60 hours, I could work 75. Yeah. And I just kept doing more and more and more. And that helped me get over my wife being sick at the time. But, yeah. you know, my dad taught me a lot about that fight of, of you know, even though he doesn't realize it, I've, I've actually never told him just knowing that he fought that fault of, of the bottle for him. Yeah. Has taught me how to pick myself up and brush myself off and just keep trying because yeah. we're not perfect. Yeah. If we, if we think we are, then we're never going to get better. Yeah. It's when we realize that we fail daily, but we just got to keep going. We got to keep trying, got to keep getting better.
0: Well, I, I 100% agree with that, man. And, and this has been a um, very uh, – it's, it's been a little bit of a, of a change of pace, for. but I, I think your story is great. You've had a lot of unique challenges. Not unique. I mean, they've been challenges to you. Right. And, and I appreciate you sharing mm-hmm. your story. And, you know, I think there's, you know, a lot to be said for what you've battled through and, and to where you're at now. And, and kudos to battling through those things. And and uh, I'm, I'm sure there's many bigger things ahead for you.
1: I didn't mean to take it off in that direction. No, that's fine. I think people –
0: but... well, you know, this the whole concept of making the turn is how people bounce back. You know, the, the, the idea is the principle is simple. And it's a golf-related term, but you play nine holes, that end of the round is not over. You got a whole another back nine right to play. Turn, so exactly. if you don't, so if you don't, um, if you don't like the way the front nine of your life went, just do something about it on the back nine.
1: You know, it's funny because I don't. You know, I've said it a couple times already yeah. during this, and we've been going a few minutes, and um, I don't tell a lot of people a lot of things. Like I don't, honestly, this has started to become therapy right
0: now. <laughs> well, uh, good.
1: But I don't tell these yeah. stories to everybody. You know, yeah. there's certain people, there's select people that know kind of what's going on with John, yeah, you know, and I keep a lot of it hidden yeah, because I don't need them to know. Right. You know, I don't need the doubters to have more doubt, the right. haters to have more hate, or I don't need the people that believe in me, yep, you know, to, to ever have a doubt. You know, they need to yeah. think that I'm this solid rock every day that yep. comes in, gives them the best product I can, and then goes home, you know, but there's a lot of things that we all go through, and I think if probably for our own mental health yep. because I'm sure there is a mental health problem in this industry. I'm sure for our own mental health, if we did talk about it, yeah. it'd be a lot better. We'd all be a lot better off.
0: Well, yeah. And and, and it'll give people that listen to this a different perspective of you that even if, if they know you or they don't know you, you're able to not only share it, but they have a different unique look of, about you. I mean, sp- certainly for me, I appreciate it, but I, I always believe in you never know what anybody's going through. No, And so I never – you never want to one judge someone, but two assume that everything's okay, and and because it's usually not. I mean, you're always constantly battling something, and and if something's not going on in your life, well, there's probably something going on that you're that's in somebody else's life that's close to you or you're you're dealing okay. with. And so, you know, I think it's great that you share that and one and and that give a different side to you that. People may know you, or if they listen to you for the first time, say, "I can relate to that," and that might help somebody. You never right. know. Somebody might be sitting around that's three hundred plus pounds, eating king dongs or whatever the <laughs> hell you said they were, uh, Swiss cake, Swiss rolls, cake and, rolls, and um, and uh, you know, and 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 it makes them get up and go to the gym. You
1: yeah. know, if I, I, I during that stretch, the uh, the gym would use me a little yeah. bit. They would they would bring somebody in that was overweight and I, I don't know if anybody came in during that time that was as big as I was, but yeah. they would bring somebody in that was o- that's overweight, and they would introduce me, and they would have me tell them what I'm doing or um, what I'm trying to do or where I had come from. Right. Um, and they would have me kind of talk to them yep. a little bit and give them a motivation. Um, and so I, I really enjoyed being that for someone, but as life goes on, you know, not that I've forgotten where I was. Yeah, I don't remember life at 360 pounds. I really don't. Sure. I I um. I've kind of forgotten what that was like, and I've had the talk with a few people here and there that I know are losing weight, and I tell them a little bit. But if man, if this were to reach one person, yeah, that said, I'm gonna get off my butt, I'm gonna lose some weight, and then I'm gonna find something to go do that I love. Yeah. Then. Then the podcast has done its job. uh, We can shut it down right now. All 30 some odd episodes have done their job.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, thanks for everybody for listening to John and I's um, (laughs) uh, self help uh, turn of the podcast. But um, I want to talk sports turf. And so let's start at uh, what you got going on here at Endsworth, some of the challenges you've got here, and um, just kind of describe the uniqueness of having two different campuses and and all your all your uh, things you're into over here.
1: So we have two campuses, like I told you, or like you already know. We have on this campus we currently have five natural grass fields. We have one artificial field. We have five new fields being built for multi-purpose functions. Right. Which, as I told you earlier, one of them is possibly going to be a golf green and golf tee at some point. Yep. Um, we have. I wrote down the exact acreage earlier. I think we sit, this campus sits on about a hundred acres, give or take some. Um, Most of which, um, of course buildings sit over top of of it, but most of which now is maintainable grass. So we do maintain a lot of the, um, of the grass
0: here. Don't worry about it. I've, Ringing phones are always part of the podcast.
1: <laughs> um, we do maintain a lot of grass here yep. now. Um, the the other campus, the lower school campus, which is about 15 to 20 minutes from here, seven-ish miles yeah. down the road, um, it has um, two sports fields and sits on a, about 20 acres of yeah. land. Um, there's not a lot of green space there. They've We've pretty much built on every inch that we can. Um. Yeah. So, um, struggles. Um, this is a private school. People- well,
0: what, one we're located in. What I would. I mean, it's Bellevue, Tennessee, but it's kind of it's west this of Nashville. Is, this
1: is Bellevue. Yep. The other campus is Bellmead. Yeah. Which is a higher end. Yeah. Um. And that's the middle town. school
0: area. Lower school, El- elementary. School. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um. That has K through eight. Yeah. Um. This school is nine through twelve. Um. You paid to send your kids here. Yeah, it's a private so, school. So, um, the the people who paid to send their kids here expect a level of expertise. They right. expect expect a level of perfection. Yeah. Um, and and we do our best to give it to them. Yeah. You know, we want to make sure this campus, when they drive onto this campus, is as nice as it can be. We want to make sure when their kid is playing football on a Friday night, that field is as nice as it can be or when their son is playing baseball on a Monday afternoon. That is the best field yeah. with the best playability on it. Um, or let's reverse it a little bit. When their son is playing kickball in kindergarten over at the lower school. Yeah, I want to make sure, we want to make sure that the fields are safe, that they're beautiful, but not only the fields, that the campus is beautiful, yep. that you know the leaves are blown every morning, the trash is picked up, The limbs are trimmed. Um, We just want to make sure that everything is how it should be.
0: Yeah. Now, you say campus. This is, I mean, it's like a university.
1: It is. I mean, mean, a small one. but I think there's probably a lot of small universities that would be a little envious of the things we have. We have uh, the second largest indoor swimming pool in the state of Tennessee. Yeah, your
0: facilities are crazy. I mean, (laughs) unreal. (laughs) That tennis center we just walked through was something else. we got to make sure we go see Virgil over at the golf center.
1: Yeah, we'll go see before we leave. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, you're talking yep. about a, a high school with a golf center. Yeah. So we can't. not your
0: ordinary high school. People.
1: We can't halfway <laughs> do things. Yeah. You know, and um, they expect perfection. Yep. For everything. Yep. You know, now is perfection attainable? No. Yeah. But we give them the best we absolutely can every day. Yep. I've got a crew of me and three others. Um, one of them stays over at the, the lower school. Yeah. And then the other three of us are here. We'll go help out when needed. Um, I've got a crew that's willing to do – they're willing to put the work in yep. to give the school what they need. They've realized that we have a good, good gig. Um, and they they get out and bust their humps for me yep. day in and day out.
0: What is the um, – is that is that crew size pretty standard or do you have help throughout the year, part-time, say?
1: no that's our that's our crew size yeah, there's so you, no there's no um interns or there's no part-time help right. so it doesn't matter if we're in the middle of summer trying to get all of our verticutting and um core aeration and overseeding or top dressing yeah. done yep um we we got that crew yeah. we got about a week that we have to get that done during right. the dead period and then we got a we got to be ready to move on to the mm-hmm. next thing. Or if it doesn't matter if we're on a Thursday for a paint day, yeah. you know, trying to give them, you know, end zones painted, logo painted, numbers painted, everything nice and pristine, we've yep. got we've got just us out there.
0: So you don't hopes. farm anything out? You do it all in-house?
1: We, we do all of our fields in-house. We do farm out our campus landscape. Mm-hmm. Um, they come in and mow. Um, come in, mow, trim. They'll do um, the tree pruning, um, plant the flowers, but we we take care of those. You beds. keep them on a
0: uh, consistent schedule of what they need to do, or do they have a they have a like an action item list? I try.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're working with an outside company, yeah, it is very difficult to know exactly when they're going to be here and when they're not going to be here. You know, right. I, I tried. We all have a a controlled nature, and as all of us green industry guys want to control everything about our property that we possibly can. Yep, you got to give a little bit of that up when you're working with an outside contract group. Um, our current
0: so they could the days could switch that they show up,
1: and they do from time to time, and that drives me absolutely. I I guess it would, yeah. But what on the flip side, if I ask them to do something. And I, if I called them right now and said I need you to do this, yeah, they handle it. Mm-hmm. They really do. Yeah, that's and good. that's where I can't ask for better. Yep. Now, do I get irritated when I come in and see that they didn't weed eat around a flagpole or a, a valve box or something? Absolutely, I yeah. lose my mind sometimes. I'm like, why? Why did you miss this spot in the sidewalk that obviously you had to step over 27 times and there's weeds growing out of it? Yeah. How did we miss that? <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've, I've said those exact words yeah. to them. You know, they were here doing a, a pretty nice size project for me over the summer um, around the football stadium, installing some bushes, removing some bushes, making this whole area look so much nicer. But where they were working, there were weeds in the sidewalk. And when they got done and their salespeople came to look at it with me and take pictures or whatnot, the first question I asked them was, why didn't they pull the weeds in the sidewalk? Yeah. And it, and it's that level of perfection yeah. that the people that come here on a Friday night to watch a football game don't want to see. Yeah, your flower beds look beautiful. Yes, your football field it's is a amazing. It's the little things, man. Definitely. But why are those weeds in that sidewalk? Yeah. And that's the question I would have been asked. Yeah. You know, that's the questions I'll get asked is that football field is dialed. You know, this flower bed is amazing. Yep. But I had to step over three weeds to get to all that. Yep. Why? That, that's the things that I'm going to be asked. So that's yeah. – you want to talk about challenges. Yeah. Other than managing expectations, that's the biggest challenge yeah. is – You should be at a private club sometime. <laughs> I think I am. <laughs>
0: I know. That's kind of why I said that because that's the – I always said it's the little things that matter. Mm-hmm. And nobody's going to – you know, the greens are always going to be good, the fairways, tees. You know, you're going to do the stuff mm-hmm. that you need to do well. Just like you, you're going to have your fields yeah. dialed. Everything's going to be dialed in. It's the piece of paper on the ground. It's the weeds in the beds. It's it's the little things that matter. And I I will always say that. No matter what I'm doing or where I'm at, it makes all the difference in the world.
1: You could go out there and grab one of my guys right now and ask them what matters most day yep. to day. And they're going to tell you it's the little things. Yep. It's the being out on campus at 6 o'clock, blowing the sidewalks. It's the picking up every piece of trash that you find. Yep, And let me tell you, Kids are dirty. <laughs> they love to drop their trash. Yeah. It's um it's the weeds in the in the in the sidewalks yeah. that will drive me nuts every day. Yeah. Because those are the things we can control. I can't control if Mother Nature wants to make it a hundred degrees in October with no rain. I can't control that. Right. But I can control trash on campus.
0: Yeah. So what grasses do you deal with here?
1: So we um,
0: Getting to the weeds a little bit.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We've got – No pun intended. Our stadium field is – it's uh, Tiff Sport Bermuda.
0: Oh. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Our – Hold your applause on that one. Mm -hmm. Our practice football field is part North Bridge Bermuda Bermuda and part 419. Neither one of those two fields get overseeded. So it's – let's expand on this a little bit. That's your practice field? That's our practice field. So it's North Bridge Bridge Bermuda – top of number to top of number and why i can't say bermuda right now I do not know but it's north bridge bermuda top of number to top of number and then on the sides it's 419 um baseball field is 419 softball field is 419 the um field A which is right out here is kind of like a little pop up field it's a Hodgepodge of Bermuda um you mu- you see different species all over on it yeah. um the only two fields um, Let's jump over to the other campus. The stadium field over there is Patriot Bermuda, and the softball field is 419. Um, The only two fields on our campuses that do not get overseeded are the football stadium and the practice field.
0: So you don't overseed the football stadium?
1: Do not overseed it.
0: No painting or anything
1: outside of just the numbers and whatnot? So this year, um, as you and I talked before this, we had seven games in eight weeks, Uh luckily for us it was the first eight weeks of the season. Yeah. And as you know, it was hundred degrees yeah. all season Bermuda long for us going good. Bermuda didn't need a friend, yeah. but, um, there was a couple games and there would have been a couple more games, um, that we would have used the product called ambient. Yeah, I fell in love with that product. The first time I sprayed it, um, just gives, nobody complained about the uniforms, no green on the uniforms. And it just gives the, the leaf blade a beautiful green color. Sure. Um, We do have grow blankets, so if we would have had some late October, November games, we could have covered the field. Um, I always like to see what happens if I don't. Yeah. What if I don't? What if I don't cover it? How how dormant is it going to go? I like to kind of play that game. Yeah. I do it with irrigation. What if I don't water today? I do it with fertilizer. What if I don't do as much? You Mm. know, I kind of like to to push those limits of not doing it to see what happens that's good so um, I test it not to cover it I haven't covered it since I've been the head here I haven't covered it one time we had um, the last game of the season last year it got a little dormant Mm -hmm. um, a little more than what I would have liked for it to yep Um, and if I would have had a product like ambient at the time um, it is absolutely what I would have sprayed lesson learned yeah Um, but uh, so no no painting um. really uh, the ambient it covers a dormant field but it really doesn't paint it green yeah it is it a dye or is it what is it it's a pigment pigment yeah
0: yeah so what is the what's the decision behind not overseeding just curious on the on the say the football field
1: so when Ricky Bowers was the head coach here um, he did not like the ryegrass he, he 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 says it causes a slick surface which I guess could be the case if you pounded it. Um, I wouldn't be interested in pounding the field with with ryegrass. You right. know, I think um, back in the day, I've heard um, stories of Vanderbilt um, back when they were a natural field using just tons of yeah. of ryegrass. And I I don't remember who told those stories, so I don't want to tell them wrong. But it was yeah. it was constant ryegrass overseeding, and I'm sure that situation caused a slick surface. Um, I don't see where you know adding adding five pounds per thousand would cause it to be extremely thick yeah. or ex- slick. Yeah. Um, but Ricky didn't like the um, the the slick service that a that a ryegrass calls. So we've just never we've never overseeded the stadium field or the practice field since we don't do the stadium.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I we could go down that rabbit hole forever about overseeding or not. I've heard the main. You know, it's one of the main drawbacks is the the slickness of it and sure. causing some footing issues. You know, and and you talk to people that do overseed and and don't. I mean, you know, obviously, I think it's more for aesthetics. I think it should be because that if you got a good Bermuda base, then I think you should roll with it. But you know, you know
1: what I've noticed is um, they practiced on the on the stadium field um, for the remainder of the season. So. Once time changes, it's dark at four o'clock and they yeah. practice till about six. So um, they like to use the stadium field to practice on, and they had no footing issues on a completely dormant field right. Um, I 100% agree with you that if you're providing a nice um, thick Bermuda grass all season long, when you get to that dormant period, it's still going to be there. Yeah. And so their footing is still going to be there. Now, you're not going to get the recovery. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you play three or four games on a dormant field, it's going to be pretty chewed up by that point. Yeah. But um, if you give them a good thick canopy, there's there's nothing wrong with that footing on a dormant field.
0: Yeah. What do you mow? the? Do you mow all the fields at the same height, or do you got different heights to cut? So
1: we got two different mowers on this campus. Um, we have the the five reel Toro and the three, the three reel Toro. Um, my three reel was set up all most of the season at five hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, my five reel was set up, I want to say six hundred, because I want to say we mowed baseball, softball, and field A a little bit higher. Right. Because I was playing with, with the height of cut on the stadium and the practice field because they want coach rock wanted the the practice field set up the exact as a, as a sure. stadium field. So, um, which I was excited about because in the past that had been different, but it makes perfect sense in my mind to keep it, keep it the same height of cut but we set it up at 500. Um, and we went man and it had never been mowed that low before here at Ensworth So, um, going into the season, we took it down. We had, um, we had two weeks where we, where we backtrack mode um, at 400. So we would, we would make a pass one way at 400 and then come back. The ex- and my, my thought was, um, and of course it's not just my thought, but my thought was mow it in every possible direction Absolutely. that that leaf blade yep. can grow and then get that canopy as thick and as dense as I can and, and see what happens. Mm-hmm. So um, Rock had told me that the team was fast this year. And I said, so that means you want me to do everything in my power to make that field fast, right? He said, absolutely. Yeah. So we went at 500. Um, I would starve it as much as I could from water um, starting on about Wednesday evening. You know, I'd water it real good Wednesday, and then I'd try to leave it alone and let it get good and firm. So, I, you know, provide them with a, a nice low height of cut in a firm field. Um, constantly ran the Clegg Hammer on Fridays on game days. Um and that's just checking your um, your firmness and yeah. making sure we weren't up near a hundred. We never were. So even though we were firm, we weren't hard. Mm-hmm. And um, I, f- I found that to be really important all season. One, it it gave the team a sense of comfort. Yeah, you know that the field is playing safe because you for concussions. You wanna you wanna protect your your you, student athletes. From do you
0: concussion. have a uh, regulations that require you to have certain Meet certain guidelines. not
1: not in not in high school. High okay. schools don't typically um, high schools don't typically test. But I went off of what the Titans told gotcha. me. They do. Yeah. And the NFL requires them to be under a hundred. And if they get over a hundred, they have to. So what's the scale
0: on that meter? Is that what does hundred mean? I, I'm 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 merely asking because I don't know.
1: It means you're hard. Okay. And it means... Is you, it a zero to 100 scale? Yeah. It means okay. your chances of... Con- and it can go over 100. Gotcha. And I could be completely wrong on this, and I could get all kinds of hate on Twitter. That's all right. For giving false information. But basically, if you're at a 100, your chances of concussion are more severe uh-huh. than if you're below 100. Right.
0: And... So the lower the number, the softer the field. Right. And
1: So basically what I learned by playing with this, yeah. and I'm telling you, I don't have any professional, quote-unquote professional um, knowledge of this. But what I have learned that if you're in the 50s, you're pretty spongy. You've got a pretty spongy surface. Mm-hmm. If you're in the mid-60s, you're feeling pretty decent. If you're between 70 and 80, you're about right. Gotcha. Um especially for the heat of the summer.
0: And how is that measured? How do you go about getting that? So
1: I have a, a Clegg hammer right back here okay. that it drops a, a metal hammer okay. onto the field and it gives you a readout, Gotcha. basically.
0: Do you use moisture meters as well? I do.
1: I have a moisture meter yeah. that, I, that I, I didn't use it until this year. Yeah. Um, and as I told you earlier, I like to see what happens if I don't. So what I love to do mm-hmm. was let that thing get as low as I could to not quite the wilting point, yeah, but right at it, like it was on the edge. Yeah, and then it I is would, Bermuda, and then I'd water it. Yeah. yeah, and I also found that you know watering instead of in the past, so in the past we would water you know twenty minutes every other night, mm-hmm. basically, and that's what I had we had always done when I was coming on as the assistant, and that's what I had continued through my first year, but yeah. I had noticed that it just didn't. Didn't feel right. Right. You know what I'm saying? Have have you ever just been on your green when you were a superintendent and it just wasn't right? Oh, you just for sure. didn't really like how it was. So when I broke that water cycle up mm-hmm. and gave it fifteen minutes at, at night, like as it was as the sun was going down and I knew everybody was off campus, hit it for about fifteen minutes-ish, you know, whatever the yep. time was and then hit it for about five minutes that next morning. I noticed in playing with that, that's not exactly what I was doing, but I played with it to get it exactly where I wanted it yep. and that exact feel that I wanted. And, it, man, it was a game changer. Yeah. Like the field went from being meh to being, yeah, that's where I want it. Yeah. And um, that was, you know, I had a – this summer I met a guy, Michael Brownlee, He's with Simplot. Shout Products. out to Michael. <laughs> Absolutely, um, you need to get him on the podcast. I've asked him. Well, Michael, come on the I podcast. That, there's right yeah. there. You just got him. I guarantee. you go. Um, So um, he had he had called me, and you know, I had I had been true to one product, and you know that that company or that person's going to listen and, and probably get frustrated with me. But I had been true to that product. But when Michael came by, it wasn't just selling a product to me. Yeah. It was helping me understand that next level. Like I told you, I went, I did the University of Georgia certificate. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a professor giving me hands-on experience, so the hands-on experience comes when I'm here. Yeah. So what Michael provided when he came by was just a sense of knowledge. It it was never about selling a product. It really, truly wasn't. It was about let me let me show you how this can change something. So he came to me. He said, Hey, look. You don't like where it's at right now. He said, I agree with you. I don't really like where it's at right now. This was early July. He's like, let's change it. Yeah. He's like, why don't you change your watering cycle? Why don't you invest in a moisture meter? Why don't you change your watering cycle? Get out here every day. Check it every day. Same time every day. So what I got in the, in the habit of doing was every day after lunch, I made another walk. So I'll walk in the mornings. I'll walk before I leave. I just made another walk and I would walk the field, and I'd walk up and down about every 10, 15 yards just checking the moisture. Man, that changed the game because I learned where my irrigation inefficiencies were. For sure. I figured out where a head wasn't watering before it showed that it wasn't watering. Mm -hmm. I knew it a day before it started showing it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I was able to learn that field so much with that moisture meter that I could predict problems – As they were coming, I would tell my guys, hey, we've got a we've got an irrigation issue right here. And they're like, looks looks dialed right now. I promise you, we've got an irrigation issue right here. And we were able to fix that, you know, and and that friendship that I built with Michael, you know, has it led to me buying products? Absolutely. But it started and it was probably really intelligent on his part, but it started by just providing me with some helpful knowledge that he learned when he was a golf course superintendent.
0: And I think that's important um, that I've learned through dealing with salespeople in general is, is that they, they typically want to help you and, and guys who specifically have been say on your side of it or my side of it, who go into the sales, they understand. And so they're, the ways that I and many of the guys that I've talked to, and this would be the way if I went into sales is I'm here to help you first, whether you buy anything or not. I want to I have knowledge that you may not have or, or I have I look at things in a different perspective. And ultimately, they build a relationship with you. Some of my best friends are, you know, salespeople and guys that I've gotten to know because they that that's they didn't treat it as they're selling me something. They treated his relationship.
1: That's exactly how he treated it. Yep. You know, and he was out here. There was a couple of times we had broken equipment. We were, at that time, a man short. Yep, I had just had a man leave. He came on. He's like, let me help you fix the equipment. You know, and it was never, but I need you to buy something yep. for me. It was, let me help you fix the equipment first. And, you know, of course, like I said, that led to me buying stuff. And it's not a knock on anybody else. Mm-hmm. I hope those people realize that, that it's just I found something I like better. You know, I found a product that once I started looking at their granular, yeah. And, and I started implementing their granular program on my stadium field. Holy crap, man. Yeah, The game changed. I said it on Twitter many times. I would put that field, our high school stadium football field. Let me make sure you understood. High school stadium. Yeah. I'd put it up against any field in the state. Yeah. And I don't mean that as a knock to anybody else's field. There are guys that do an amazing job. Yeah, I would have put that field. Sometimes at its worst this year, up against anybody's, and it was just changing little things. It was changing my watering habits, it was changing knowing what my moisture was versus guessing what my moisture was. It was lowering my fertilization rates, just doing it more often. Yeah, you know, and those things really just helped us turn the corner this year.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, you know, those things are valuable. Things that you're doing and learning and building—I mean, you're just like me. You have a—you have a product. You should be very proud of it. I was always the one that said my greens are going to be my number one goal is to have the mm-hmm. best greens of anybody's. I didn't care what you were growing—bent grass, Bermuda—you—you you name it. At wherever I was at, we were going to have the best greens, you know. And and I—and I think it's a goal you should always have is to never, you know. I'll put this field up against anybody just because we're Innsworth High School doesn't mean anything. No. You know, it's, it, we're going to be the best and we're going to do the things that we need to do to be the best. And, and, and if, if I need to go outside and get some knowledge about what, what, how can I improve? Cause you can always improve. Absolutely. I mean, you can go out there right now and say, I need to do something a little different. You know,
1: what I have found is that bringing people in, bringing people that I can trust in and I'm, I'm very tight with I don't have a I don't have 100 friends out there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like You don't need them. I don't I don't <laughs> want them. I have a very select few people that yeah. I trust and that I will bring in to help me with something. Yeah. No knock. If I don't invite you in, it doesn't mean I don't like you. It's just I have to keep my my group tight because I don't have time to play those games of it wasn't right. Yeah. I want to be perfect every day. Yeah. I strive for perfection every day. And I feel like over the last two years, let's just call it two years, I have brought the right people on board. I have the right crew. You met them before. I have, and I'll say it again, I have the best crew in the state. Yeah, They might not be the most knowledgeable crew in the state, But I have the best crew in the state, and that's why I'm willing. I'll bring people in to help me with irrigation, to show us irrigation, to take the time to teach us how to fix things the right way so that next time we can fix it. I'll bring guys like Michael in to help us understand these different products. Mm -hmm. It's not about just going out there and spraying a product because it's the best. I want to know exactly what it's going to do. What is this wedding agent going to do? How long is it going to last? What's it going to look like tomorrow? Mm -hmm. What's this whatever. What's this fertilizer, fertilizer going to do? Yeah. You know, you're smart to what, ask those questions. What is my turnaround rate for this yeah. fertilizer? If I go out and spread this 22, three right now, right. What am I going to look like tomorrow? Yep. You know? And, and does that mean that tomorrow it was where I wanted, man, that canopy on that football field was so tight. It wasn't accepting. It wasn't accepting granulars. Yeah. And so we would have a day, You know, if we spread it on a Monday, which I never spread it past Monday, if we spread it on a Monday, Tuesday it might be a little bit polka dotted. Mm -hmm. And I'd be texting Michael immediately, dude, what's this? It'll be all right, it'll grow out. And it would. You know, by Friday we were back to perfect. But what I had to learn was that before, when we were mowing our field at almost an inch, we'd mow it at seven-eighths of an inch, that that granular had plenty of room to get down in that canopy so it didn't polka dot like that. So what I had to learn was that I had to pound this dude with water to get it to accept that, you know, get that granular down right. in that canopy. And once I figured all of that out, you know, once I went over those growing pains of having too thick of a canopy, then we were fine. Yeah. But it was that first time of I was used to I could water it for three minutes, you know, per zone yeah. and be fine Yeah. when the Bermuda was kind of sparse. You mm-hmm. know, it was always a good field. This has always been... An amazing field. Yep. Long before I was here. Yeah. Marty Kaufman was here. This was a great field when Connor was here. This was a great field. Wind field of the year all the time. But they they kept it at seven eighths to an inch somewhere in there, and it wasn't nearly as tight. It was a lot easier to get fertilizer down in it. Yeah. I had to learn. I had to adjust and figure out how to get it down in there when this dude was tight.
0: Yeah. Do you use growth regulator?
1: I do. Yeah. Uh, well. Yes, we do use a growth regulator. We yeah. do not use Primo. We have been asked not to use Primo. Um, you have to use a growth regulator. Yeah, you really do. Yeah, or you can't keep up. So yeah, we we, I jokingly um, will say we don't use Primo. Um, it's just because there there was a misconception at one time yeah. that Primo caused it to go brown. Um, Primo can bronze it. Sure. Um, but we've gotten around that. So yeah, yeah we we spray a growth regulator if. Yeah. If coaches listen, sorry, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, you know I I battled that all the time in in the you know golf pros. They have a love hate relationship with the growth regulator sure. because of the you know, you 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 have to maintain it for two teams. You know, and your team you want to provide a little bit maybe more of an advantage or what your coaches want, and sure. that's it. I got, you know, a hundred people playing golf with a hundred different handicaps and you 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 got to figure out a way to make everybody have fun and ha- sure. and and get through it you know roughs too tall fairways too fast too slow greens too fast greens too slow bunkers hard you know courses too long all that stuff comes into play for everybody right so that's a that's a balancing act but you know there are tools like growth regulators that right. help make our job easier and, and it's hard and to when explain you're, that to people well when you're down at what you're you know cuz You may, I don't know what your mowing frequency is, but I mean, at that height of cut, you know, you need help and, and it makes, and, and I will say on, on behalf of you that growth regulators, that, although that sounds like it's doing something to the growth, it's, it's a, it's a plant health inhibitor. It helps. Right. It definitely makes things better. Um, it makes the grass stronger. Um, you know, everything about it makes it, uh, better to respond, better to recover. It's not just lowering your ki- clipping yield and keeping it short. That's just not what's doing.
1: You know, I think we all have things that we do that our, our people don't really know that we do it or yep. care for it because it sounds, sounds bad yep. or whatever. But if you have, I mean, we've all got an arsenal of products mm-hmm. that can sit on our shelves that we can use that can make our fields better. There's no reason not to use them. Growth regulators are amazing. And, sure. And – The thing is, you can play with them, and you can get them just right. You know, um, Michael Henry over at the um, Titans practice facility was having an issue where his growth regulator was bronzing his North Bridge Bermuda. Yeah. My growth regulator, we were using the same at the time, my growth regulator was not bronzing my North Bridge Bermuda. and. It took us a little while to figure it out, but basically, you know, we were spraying the exact same rates, the, you know, the exact same time of day, the exact same water rate, it, yada, yada, yada. Yep. Basically, what we figured out was that he's sitting on a sand-based field, I'm sitting on a native soil field, mm-hmm. so it's reacting different. Right. So, you know, if you, when you can play with those, those items and you can communicate with your fellow guys that are just right around the corner, yeah. it helps us all get better, yeah. but- Getting that knowledge out to your either to your members or to your athletic director or whatever, no. that this isn't a bad product. This is actually a really good product for your grass. Sometimes that's a little tougher. Yeah. Well, Ricky came to me, um, I think it was game two, maybe three this year. You know, I, I believe it was game three in a row. And basically he patted me on the back. He said, I don't know what you're doing, but keep doing it. So yeah, I'm going to keep doing what I was doing.
0: I mean, that's all that's all you need, right?
1: I think things just get a stigma. Like yeah. the ryegrass got a stigma yeah. of being slick. Whether yeah. it was one player slipping on it or as a coach you just don't like it, that's fine. Yeah. But when it comes to products that you're using, yeah. you know, trust your turf manager. Believe in them that they're doing a good job. And yeah. as long as they're doing a good job, let them keep doing it. Yeah. You know, um, that's not something I would go – say to Ricky's face,
0: yeah. because
1: I have a level of respect sure. and admiration for him. He does a great, I mean, he's built this place. You know, mm-hmm. he built, what they win? Four or five straight state championships. Mm-hmm. So he has, a he's earned a level of respect. Yep. Not only has he built, that he built the sp- sports program, but he, he helped build this entire facility. Right. So I definitely have a, a great level of respect for him. And the day he came to me and said, I don't know what you're doing. You just keep doing it. Yep. I I sat back and relaxed a little oh, that's bit. That's the ultimate said, okay, compliment. I've got yeah. it. Yeah. Absolutely, that is the ultimate yeah. compliment.
0: You know, um it's one, it's it's one of those things that uh, you know, you always strive to. you know, you have bosses, you have people you have to please and 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 that ultimately determine, you know, your fate or your job and and you may you may not be the type of person who needs that kind of feedback, but it's always nice to hear that you're what you're doing, the work you're doing is is being um noticed you know so to speak and and it and and it goes it goes without saying I mean that those little things make you get up and come to work because if you if somebody's constantly beating you down and you're doing everything you can and and it looks great but you know it's always something negative then at at some point that's going to wear you out
1: I like to carry that persona that I am the type of person that doesn't need your feedback, Yeah, that I don't care what you think because yeah. I know I'm doing a good job. I'm not that type of person. Yeah. I'm really not. I, I carry this this straight shooter, I don't give a darn what you think, I'm going to say what I want to say yeah. around with me. But deep down, I need that acceptance for some reason. I don't know why it is. <laughs> but I love it when I yeah. post a picture of the field on Twitter and it gets 70 likes. Like yeah. I, I eat that up, you know, yeah. and it – and well, that
0: – got to change. That's a little bit of a mentality <laughs> thing right there.
1: I, I don't – I just love yep. knowing that I'm doing a good job. Yep. Whether it be from – my father is on Twitter or whether it be yeah. from Coach Bowers or whether it be our – especially yeah. our head coach, if I'm being honest, that's the most important yeah. to me and his players when they're happy. But, yep. yeah, I absolutely um, – I thrive on it. Yep. And it, it – not only does that chip on my shoulder yep. make me keep pushing forward, but knowing that I'm getting – some sort of praise yeah. helps a lot too.
0: One of the things I talk about in the golf world is the uniqueness of our industry to kind of be a tight knit group, like a mm-hmm. fraternity. Is that similar to what you get in sports turf? I mean Oh absolutely you, you, you guys talk and I mean mm-hmm. you talk about how you love having people come in. Do you take the time to go absolutely help other guys?
1: Oh yeah. Um, so um yeah the, the sports turf and yeah. I, I went off in my head on something else, but the sports turf industry is very helpful. Mm. You know, we will reach out to each other constantly. Um, Thomas Trotter, who is, is more of a mentor to me than anybody knows, yeah. um, more than he probably realizes. Um, he'll ask me for feedback on certain products. He has asked me for feedback on a on a mound clay, you know, yeah. for his pitcher's mound, and what I thought of this particular product that I was using, you yeah. know, because cause change is scary. Yeah. So so it's great to have people in the industry um, to reach out to and ask. You know, you asked about going and helping, helping other people. So um, i got two stories. Um, I'm going to pick the one that's nearest and dearest to my heart. Um, my wife battled breast cancer. Hillwood High School um, – was looking for someone to paint their field yeah. for their pink out. I said, I'm your man. I'd love to come paint your field. You know, we went over. Um, we spent a lot of days that week um, painting their field up. I couldn't help them with mowing. I didn't. I couldn't get equipment there to help them with mowing. It wasn't – it's a high school football field. It wasn't yeah. where it needed to be. But, boy, on Friday night, the pink out looked great. should have called
0: me. I would have got the guys from Hillwood to come over and help you. The course.
1: So, apparently, they've got – they've got to jump through some hoops to get the city over there to mow it. I don't really yeah. know. It was, it was a little bit of a debacle. We could
0: have got the golf course to come over. I promise
1: you. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to have had somebody yeah. over there helping mow that thing. Cause pushing a football paint sled through mm. about three and a half inch Bermuda is tough. Yeah. It wear you out Yeah, and we were wore out, but um, yeah, man, you know, we went over there and we helped them and, um, I put my wife's name in the middle of one of the ribbons where not everybody could see it, but yeah, that's I know awesome. it was there and I took a picture. And, um, Fairview high school, you know, they, they had somebody drag something across their field Yeah. and the coach called me. Um, actually he called one of the paint reps in the area for pioneer. And then that rep called me and was looking for green aerosol. Basically, yeah. basically what he was going to do was throw down some, some sand and throw green aerosol paint over it. And that was going to fix everything. Well, I said, I can do that, or I can come look at it for you and see if we can repair it. So, you know, we ended up taking some actual green sand over with some fertilizers in it and some wetting agents in it. And we, a week later, he had full recovery, Mm. where I don't know that he would have with the green aerosol, because you're going to stunt the grass growth right there. So, you know, it was great to go help him, because I know they don't have... You know, they don't have the funds to do some of that stuff, yeah. you know, and give him some knowledge on kind of how to fix those things. Yeah. Give him my number. Call me anytime. Sure. You know, and that's what I've told any of the local schools. I, I live in Dixon. I live immediately behind Dixon County High School. Yeah. I've reached out to them so many times. Please yeah. let me come help you. Yeah. Please. And yeah. they won't. It's like a. a It's like a, the small town. We're not letting you in. Yeah. Kind of thing.
0: Well, you know. You may not feel this way or you may, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you're, you know, you're worth You've got a, this is not your typical high school setup. I mean, most of the time, like you were talking about with Hillwood, they, they're, you know, they're dealing with a total, you know, totally very little money, very little equipment, yeah. uh, having to have other, you know, rely on other people, um, <laughs> just not the level of ex, uh, expectation that you guys have sure. here so it's a different game and you probably have that I mean it's the same with you're in a private club that's high-end as opposed to a public golf course I mean there's just different things that you realize go on and so you, you you're you're right to keep that in perspective but you're also um, it's it says something about you that you're willing to help in any way you can offer suggestion you know offer a a expertise in the ways that you know hey may benefit somebody
1: i'm one of those people that i'm not always 100 percent confident enough to look at you and tell you, you should try this yeah just be. i don't know if it's a i want you to like me kind of thing because i don't want to sound bossy but you know i have gotten better at when i go to see these guys hey mm-hmm. i think if you would try this it would it would benefit you greatly yep. Um, coach Rodney Parker up at Dixon County High School, he's a baseball coach there. He, um, he's he been really good about letting me help him. I, I'm trying to teach him how to backlap because yep. somebody sold a public school on a real mower, <laughs> a five-reel mower, yeah. and, and, and they don't need that. Yeah. You know, And I, I think that's one of the problems at some of these facilities is they'll get a little money from donors for something or from booster clubs or whatever. Yeah. And then somebody will sell them on something like that that requires constant maintenance. As you know, Yeah, um, real mowers are not easy to keep sharp. And um, if you don't have the right tools, yeah. you're not going to keep it sharp. So, I mean, they should have had a, a rotary mower, but they've got what they've got. It's yeah. a great mower. So I've gone over many times yep. after work on a, you know, a day where I've put in 10 or 12 hours here. Yeah. And he's like, Coach, you've got to come help me. Yep. It's not cutting butter right now. All right, coach. I'll be there in a minute. Yep. And I'll go over and help him. And and I'm I'm happy to help him. Um, the football program hasn't let me in yet. I don't know what that's about. But um, any of these guys, you know, that that needs something, I want them to know that not just me. You know, if you don't want to reach out to me, that's fine. Reach out to somebody that's local to you, or reach out any of any of us. Golf course superintendent. Mm-hmm. Any of them will come help you. Get your fields better. And I feel like the more people we help with their natural grass, the less people go to the fake stuff.
0: Well, we didn't talk about all that. You got one here.
1: We do have one here. and All right, so we do have one here. And I know if you read my Twitter, I'm I'm dead (laughs) set against them. Yeah. But I'll get out and groom that thing. Yeah. I'll make it the best field I can. But I
0: understand why you have it. It makes
1: perfect sense considering. Yeah. I mean, they can use it constantly. Yeah. And so it makes sense. Does that mean I like it? Yeah. No. Does that mean I want another one? No. Right. I never want the stadium to go. I never want the baseball field to go. But um, the fact that you've got one, yeah. but it's not your primary focus, Yeah, it's okay.
0: Is it a multi-purpose field? Or are they, it is. Yeah.
1: So it's got um, – it's set up with inlays, which are basically sewn in pieces of the carpet, basically – that are, are set up, and we've got boys' lacrosse, girls' lacrosse, and soccer on right. it, and then we paint football lines on it. Now, if I was going, if I was guy across the street getting a brand-new artificial field put in, I wouldn't put any inlays in. And right. that's what I've said in the future when we go to replace it because it's it's rubber. We're replacing it at some point.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I don't want the inlays. I would rather paint it once a season and, and have it ready for them that way then have the inlays again because those dudes tear out. Yeah. And then you've got a bunch of grass gra- guys trying to fix some carpet. It's not always the best it's situation. Not easy, <laughs> no. I, I promise it's you. really a pain. Yeah. So, um, I would definitely rethink that, and I would yeah. try to talk to school and to go into a, a field where you paint. Yeah. And you know we'll we'll do just as good as the inlays, you know. And you paint them once a season, and you can wash it off. So, girls' lacrosse it and playing on 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 soccer lines or, yeah. you know, whatever. Right. So we could definitely rethink that, but um, yeah, we have, yeah. we have one here.
0: I'm always curious about this, the artificial turf for one reason and one reason only you see like um, stadiums that'll have like the, like the Georgia dome or whatever, or whatever they call it now. Right. They, you know, they'll have two teams that don't, you know, aren't the Falcons playing there and they have their logos painted on. Is that all paint, or they, or they do a, well, a, a, like an entirely new end zone.
1: I can't answer for everybody, yeah. but we went to Dallas a couple years ago for the STMA conference, and what the Cowboys have is they have different end zones. Yeah. So they have a completely different carpet that they roll out for the, – the, is not it the Cotton Bowl that's played there?
0: They, they host several different – Whatever yeah.
1: is their staple events, yeah. they have the carpet that they can bring in. So I know for them, they just got – they got different sections underneath their stadium that they have all these different carpets set up yeah. so that you know just like you got to think about this when when NFL plays there versus when college plays there that's two different hash marks yep. so your hashes are narrower in NFL and they're wider in sure. college so they have to change all that out before they play yeah. before they play a game so yeah they've got all those different carpets sitting up under their stadium that they can roll out
0: that seems like a lot of work.
1: That does. Yeah. I'm not interested in having to do that.
0: Because I know when like the Titans have like the Music City, they just paint over the yeah. existing logos. Terry
1: will paint over. So I worked there um, for the changeover last year. Yeah. So we had a Titans game, then we had the Music City Bowl, and then we had the Titans game. So that last Titans game got flipped to a Sunday night game, which then means the eyes of the nation are upon Right. So... Um, there was a lot of pressure on Terry because typically the field looks pretty rough because he's played two or three straight games with different logos. So, and and the fans don't get that. So um, basically what Terry will do is he'll go out and spray a green paint or pigment. I'm not exactly sure which one he uses, cover up all the old, paint the new, um, but what he did that, that game was they completely ripped out the end zones. They completely li- ripped out the midfield logo and then the, the logos at the 25s that they used for the, for the bowl game and um, replaced Reach it on. with a new sod. Yeah. Um, because the powers that be, yeah, yep. they want to schedule those games for yep. Terry, but they don't want that field to look like that for Sunday night football. Right. Which that's a whole different venture down a different podcast. Um, well, I hope but, to have
0: him on one day because those those types of questions and things I just I mean it's fascinating to me to learn and you know you know it's just not an area that I know a whole lot about outside of the the actual growing yeah. of the grass. You know,
1: I think Terry, Michael, Henry, those guys over there at the Titans do a fantastic job. Yeah, week in and week out. Um, you know, you'll get a lot of Twitter comments about the field or whatnot, but nobody has a clue what went into it that week, you know, how many soccer games were played on it, how many, you know, extra events were on it leading up to their main game. You know, that field is constantly in use. And I learned that working with them is there's not a weekend off. And I guess it's, you know, from a taxpayer standpoint or whatever that they constantly need to be using it, um, but it's not, it's not fair to those yeah. guys on that crew that have to go through all that to get it ready. Sure. What is – so I, I
0: want to circle back to one – I've taken enough of your time, but, I mean, the, you said you had Tiff Sport on the football mm-hmm. field. Is there any thought to – I mean, you've got Northbridge. I know you've probably got – you know, you've heard the Latitude 36 and some of the new Bermudas out there. And Tiff Sport, I mean, I, I can tell is not probably your favorite, but it wouldn't be my favorite. But – is there, is, is there a thought to maybe swap, swapping it out eventually?
1: You ever drink Walmart generic soda? Uh,
0: well, I try not to.
1: And then you have a regular soda. So, yeah. Tiff Sport is basically your Walmart of Bermuda grasses. It, it, you said that, not me. I, I don't think the I, person I, that I, created is listening to us yeah. right now. Well, he might. Um, if he is, hey, sorry. <laughs> um, it's just not my favorite. Yeah. It, it doesn't have a, a nice green color to it yeah. most of the time. But it's hard to get the powers that be to change the field when it looks the way it did this year, well, when it plays the way that's it a, did this year. That's
0: a whole other conversation, but I certainly understand it. Do
1: you, do you see what I'm yeah. saying There is I would love to change that field out right now. Yeah. I'd, I'd go out there and rip it out right now. I would be perfectly fine with that. Yeah. But when – When you went through the season we just had, and I'm sure these professional guys would laugh at me, but in the course of eight weeks, we had seven home games. That was varsity games. We had three JV games. We had three middle school games in one week. We had two different days of full Pee Wee games. Um, Multiple other events, man. I can't. Yeah. People laugh at me around here because I complain about the cheerleaders and the dance team. And they're like, "How does an 80 pound girl bother your field when, <laughs> when the you know the 300 pound boys don't bother your field?" Well, those 80 pound girls are standing in one spot, and there's 20 of them in one spot. Yeah, that's what bothers my field. We had all these events, and the last game of the season, the field was probably my favorite. It had been all year. Yeah, it it was perfect. Yeah, and so when you when you're providing that level of a field, it's hard to go talk to those people that write the checks and tell them you need a new field. Yeah um there there but with that said there is talk that within the next 2 to 3 years maybe sooner we could see a new field come in um i would look at either north bridge just to stay with what we have on the practice field yeah. or the um the tahoma 31 apparently has really good winter tolerance mm-hmm. and i would love to see what it could do
0: yeah
1: here in the in the transition zone and yep early November when we're trying to play some playoff games on it. Yeah. So I would love to see what it could do. Um, we have a shade issue in one of our end zones where our natatorium um, building is where from about the 10-yard line through the end zone during this time of year doesn't get a lot of a lot of sunlight. So um that's an area that that goes dormant real quick. So yep. I would like to see what could what we could put in there that would that would benefit that area, but be good on the rest of the field too. Yeah. You know, which is sometimes uh, an issue. Um, Yeah, I would love to see us get a new stadium football field, um, take it back down to the original grade and kind of get the drainage back to where it should be. Um, But overall, when it's as good as it is right now, I would go out there and play a game on it right now. Yeah, If you want to throw in some pads, we'll go out there and we'll (laughs) see what it's made of. I might play some flag football, (laughs) we're not playing pads.
0: My days are over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, I, I, it's hard to it's hard to get the people that write the check to write you a hundred, you know hundred thousand dollar check to go replace a field.
0: Well, that's part of what I, I'll say this politically. That's part of what your expertise is is to understand that while you're you have great you have great field conditions that in our industry things are always constantly changing Absolutely. and getting better. Just like new mowers and new technology, yep. there's better options for grass. And so, um, you know, constantly not pushing it, but constantly, you know, being aware of what, what your options are and looking at ways to improve or even when, even when it looks like you can't.
1: We, we've had the talk, and we had it a lot more this year than yeah. we had it last year. And um, there's definitely an understanding that something's got to be done because it's just not completely where it needs to be. Um, And I I think I have it. I think we're at that level of within, like I said, the next two to three years we'll see a new surface put in. Yeah. And I I really look forward to that day. Um, Could be, it could be great or it could be, (laughs) it could be. It's always (laughs) tough. (laughs) Why why was the field better last year when you had the crappy Bermuda grass that you yep. told us about versus this year when it's a ama- you know yeah. it's supposed to be this amazing Bermuda grass? Well, yeah, things didn't go exactly right this year. <laughs> that's always a, that's
0: always a tough one. Well, before we get out of here, um, what is some of the what is what is like one or two challenges that you see here that you fight that you know everybody's got challenges. So, um, what are some of the things that that as from a from the standpoint of doing your job? You know some of the things that are challenging to you that uh, you know you deal with.
1: Just kids on campus. I mean, this is their school. Yeah, they're going to be where they need to be or where they want to be all the time. Yeah. So getting work done around them, um, we can't. We can't tell a coach no. You can't use the field yeah. no matter when it is. So we have to be able to work around that. Yep. Um, which is which is huge. Um, you know, you. We run a small parks and recs program here, man. (laughs) Um, Fields are constantly in use. Um, We luckily, during the school year, get a couple hours when nobody's on. Yeah. Uh, Between that and managing expectations, which I think is the biggest, managing expectations and perception, which I kind of roll into one, if people perceive it as being how it needs to be, then it is. Yeah. And managing those expectations of what they they need to see yep and um when you get that right when you get that exactly how you need your golden yep um it's finding that sweet spot though and i think that's the same way for all of us you know whether you're the head guy at the titans whether you're the head guy at a minor league ballpark here in town or whether you're me at a high school i think the same issues come up for all of us and it's managing those expectations yeah you know um I try to underpromise and overdeliver. If I can, um, if I can, if I can do that, and if I can do it well, which is what I try to do right. every day, then I've done my job. Yep. And that's I learned that real quick here. Yeah. Um, I promise you, I'll get it done. Sure. I don't make any promises on how good it'll be. Sometimes, yeah. just because I can't always give you what you're going to want. Yeah. Um, I can't give you an ideal playing con- conditions when it's rained three out of the last four days yeah. and, and you, you know, you want to practice on the practice field. Yeah. Just can't do it. But what I can do is make it as good as possible, set those expectations mm-hmm. low and then hopefully deliver high.
0: Yep. Well, I think you're doing a heck of a job here, my man. And um, from what I've seen and, you know, the place is fantastic. Uh, I've, I've, I follow you on Twitter and I see the the work you're doing, and and uh, th- I think only continue to keep doing more and, and promoting yourself and your team. It's awesome. I appreciate you sitting down and you know taking an hour and a half of your time and and um, you know doing this and telling me more about yourself. And what do I well,
1: owe you for this hour and a half?
0: You don't owe me nothing. <laughs> you just get you just get some of your buddies in in the sports turf to uh, listen and and possibly come we, on and that.
1: You know I've I told you when yep. we talked. Late last week, and when we talked, when you got here, you're doing a great job with this podcast. You know, um, you you've n- not your fault. The dummies in the sports turf world <laughs> haven't come on, and they know who I'm talking right. about. Um, they know I love them all, but they haven't come on. You know, and you've you've gotten a lot of your golf course superintendents. But what you've done well, it's hard
0: to follow. I, it's hard to follow, Darren. Because he's like the, the main college Absolutely. in the state. Absolutely. And everybody's like, well, I can't but, go on after him. But who cares? <laughs> I know. Any of you guys yeah.
1: can follow me. Yeah. I promise <laughs> you, you cannot screw it up any worse than I've screwed it up today. Yep. But in all honesty, you've done a great job with this. I think I told you right off the bat I was concerned about the awkwardness. It has. This has been great. This has been an hour and a half of telling my story. Yep. Hopefully I got it out there correctly. I don't do this well. Yeah. Um, you did fine. When I when I talk to a guy, I like to be able to bounce around in different topics. You know, we didn't even reach on half of what I wanted to talk about today. I wanted to talk about my beautiful wife yeah. and how supportive she is, even through her sicknesses. Yeah. Um, but well, you, you just did. <laughs> I got I got it in there. Shout out. Yeah. Um, but you do a great job with this podcast. I, like I told you, in the sports turf world, in the golf world, we've got a lot of time to fill. Mm-hmm. You can choose to fill it with. Music, you can choose to fill it with books, you can yep. choose to fill it with podcasts. I choose a little bit of everything. Yep. And and your podcast came up early on, I think it was episode two or three, and where you've come from there has been awesome. I've really enjoyed them. I've had some I've enjoyed more than others. That's sure. any anything you're gonna listen to. Yeah. Darren's was amazing. Um Ryan Erickson's was amazing. Check those out. Check out um Jim Bronson, Dr. Bronson. That was an awesome podcast. Um, I'm not saying don't check out the others. I yeah. just can't remember all of them.
0: Yeah, me neither. <laughs> um,
1: but they were really good, and if you're looking for some content, I'm telling you, turn it on, you know, and I'll you know, I'll promote the crap out of it yep. when this one comes out. Sure. Um, I don't mind. Um, I Actually, I might not because I don't know yeah. if I want anybody listening to this.
0: Oh, thing. sure you do. You? <laughs> hey, man, I get a lot of peace- people listening in a lot of different countries, which is kind of cool. So. But
1: it's definitely you're doing a great job with it, and if I can encourage and one other sports turf manager to come on. I'm going to call out Ryan Story right now. Ryan Story is the head over at Vanderbilt University. Yep. Um, I know he's got a great story with what he deals with. I'm going to challenge him right now to be on within the next two months, and we'll see if we can get him on.
0: Oh, we'll, we'll do it sooner than that. I've got his email. I, I, I'll I'll shoot him an email, and we'll we'll have him on for sure.
1: If he don't come on, he owes me lunch. How's that sound?
0: Well, that's between you and him. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell everybody um, – Where they can find you on Twitter?
1: On Twitter. Anywhere, social media. On Twitter. I think for me, mostly my work stuff is Twitter. So on Twitter, I'm at Klinsman underscore STM. You can also follow, I believe it is the at... The e Sports Turf, I believe that is our Sports Turf handle. If you would throw it on yep. your your, I'll tag it. Yeah, if you would tag it for me, that's you know, I run it, but it's you know, it's just based on what yeah. we're doing. We don't we don't tweet much on that. When a lot of our players will follow it and they'll like our pictures and yeah. whatnot. We've got a great set of players that love to promote our stuff and what sure. we do. So I definitely appreciate them.
0: Yeah, well, we'll definitely uh, promote it out and and uh, tag all those people. And uh, once again. Man, I thank you for uh, sitting down. And it, you are officially the longest podcast I've done, so <laughs> you got that. Uh, and
1: we're not even—we're not. We just scratched the surface. Well, and man.
0: that's what makes it fun. We can come back and circle I back. I think and, we're going to have to and, and and do it again. So, um, John Klinsman with the Innsworth School, the head head of grounds here. Man, I appreciate you doing this, and uh, you know, big things for uh, you know, stay dry and happy holidays and all that good stuff.
1: Well, I thank you for. Well, one, I appreciate getting the monkey off our backs, and I appreciate you having me
0: on. No problem, man. Well, that's it for the podcast. Until next time, uh, be sure to rate, share, subscribe. Go do all those fun things. And uh, until next time, I'll talk to you soon.